Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. So we've been in this series called Run to the Roar, Run to the Roar, and we've been talking about stories in Scripture like David and Goliath, when a problem comes your way, how we're not meant to shrink down as Christians, we're not meant to step back, we're not meant to cower, but we're meant to run to the roar. Uh, uh, um, St. Boniface, who was a missionary to Germany in the 8th century, he, he's where we got his quote, is where we got the sermon series, Run to the Roar. He was a missionary in Germany, and he came across some pagan worshipers who were worshiping the tree or the oak of Thor and he just he was bad to the bone so he just took an axe chopped down the tree and then with the wood he built from the tree he built a temple to worship God everybody was amazed that Thor didn't strike him down you know Marvel is that Marvel or is that DC I'm not a, I'm not a fan much Marvel totally Marvel I'm looking at my my fans over there and so and so so Thor did not strike him down when he cut down the oak and they were all amazed and many people came to know Jesus through the ministry there but he said listen run to the roar of the battle run to the roar of the battle and so that's where we get this series because we look throughout scripture and we see people's names David and Goliath Moses and the Red Sea Joshua and the Jordan we see them running to the roar taking upon themselves the opportunity week one we talked about what do you do when a lion crosses your path not a physical lion because we had Mike Mullins teach us because he's a South African he told us what not to do when a lion crosses your path you do not run to the roar I don't know what you do he actually didn't equip us with that that would have been good to know whenever you're on a safari or out in the bush somewhere but we just know in a spiritual sense when a lion crosses your path the lies of the enemy the the words of negativity the insecurities that come your way the things that are trying to hold you back from your purpose we are meant to run to the roar because that roar could be an open door for what God wants to do And today I want to talk to you on the subject, run to the roar of the cross as we celebrate what Jesus did in the resurrection. You see, like me, my kids were up all night last night and it just took a couple extra doses of coffee to get me this lively today. And like like me this weekend before Easter Sunday, for some reason this weekend out of all weekends, I'm dealing with a kidney stone and trying to pass it. But I, but I believe there's a spiritual principle because what I've learned in life is that the enemy of my purpose, the enemy of my soul will attack me in the moments that I'm progressing, in the moments that I'm stepping into promise, in the moments God is about to do something that I could not ask for or imagine. So I am grateful today. If you didn't come with expectation, I came with expectation today because I believe God is going to do something significant in this room and online because I know that the resistance that I've been facing this weekend is only a sign the devil showed his hand to say hey something is about to take place because before every resurrection there's a cross 
before every resurrection, there's a cross because the enemy thought, oh, I got him. When Jesus was hanging upon the cross with nails in his hand and in his feet and a crown of thorns and 39 lashes on his back and he hung there, the devil started to laugh and he said, oh, I got him. But what he didn't know was what was about to happen on Sunday, a resurrection. The cross was just an open door for what God was doing. Just like my trials can often be an open door for what God wants to do. There'll always be a cross before a resurrection. Say it with me. Run to the roar of the cross. Jesus ran to the roar of the cross. Jesus, I don't think, was, was, was excited to have nails in his hand. To be whipped 39 times, one lash away from death, according to to how the Roman soldiers would lash those who were being scorned, those who were being punished. 40 lashes, they knew down to a science, they were so good at execution that 40 lashes would kill a man and Jesus had 39. I don't know if Jesus was like, oh come on, nail my hands, it's going to be amazing. He ran to the roar of the cross because he knew what was on the other side, a resurrection. He knew what was coming. That's why, that's why Hebrews 12 says this, watch. For the joy, joy is different than happiness. I better get my sermon going today or we're not going to have much time. Joy is different than happiness. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not the happiness, not the woohoo, this is going to be awesome. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, when Jesus was going to the cross, he had you in mind. The only thing that got him through, hanging upon the tree, The only thing that got him through to continue to walk to his destiny, to walk to the very reason he was here on earth, was the fact that he had you in mind to say, for the joy set before him, I'm going to see that marriage restored. I'm going to see that broken heart mended. I'm going to see that person receive salvation and life because they've been searching everywhere for life and happiness, but I'm doing it for them. It's amazing to me to know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was thinking about me. He ran to the roar of the cross. Listen, Jesus running to the roar of the cross, when you read your Bible, that was David running to the roar of Goliath. David conquering Goliath was only a foreshadow of Jesus conquering the cross. Moses conquering the Red Sea was only a foreshadow of Jesus conquering the cross. Joshua crossing the Jordan River at flood stage that we read about last week was a foreshadow of Jesus coming through the cross so that you could experience promise. The life that he promised, the life that he intended in the book of Genesis. He conquered the cross. Because he knew what was on 
the other side. I want to read to you today a few verses. First of all, in Mark chapter 14. This, I believe, gives us a picture of what Jesus was experiencing before he went to the cross. This gives you a picture of the roar that came from the cross. Mark 14 and verse 32, it says, They went to the place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. This was only moments before, hours before, Jesus would be arrested to be beat and hung on a cross. Verse 33, he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Isn't this good news to you that when you pray, you don't have to come to Jesus. You don't have to come to God with your spiritual religious prayers. Oh, Father, how art thou? You could come to him deeply distressed. Can I just tell you the moments that I've experienced and encountered God the most in my life is when I've come to him deeply distressed. Without words to say and only tears. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. This is Jesus talking. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed. That if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but your will. Can you just imagine the father listening to his son Jesus, please? If there's any way, there's, you could literally, you're God of the universe. If there's any way you can get me out of this situation, I don't have to go to the cross. He was now feeling the weight and the agony as, as the time approached. He knew the hour was coming. He felt the roar of the cross and he was saying, God, if there's any way. Dad, if there's any way, can you imagine what was going on in the Father's heart? And then Jesus' beautiful response was, not my will, but your will. Because the cross was the will of the Father all along. And not because God the Father enjoyed to see his Son hang on a cross, but because he knew your life was resurrected on the other side. Because he saw you. He was saying to his son, no, you have to go to the cross because I've got sons and daughters sitting in a kino in Furt, Germany, on, watching online on YouTube right now who need my redemptive resurrection power. Not my will, but your will. Jesus ran to the roar of the cross. Mark chapter 16, it won't be on the screen, but let me read this to you because this is the important part of Sunday. Mark chapter 16, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Solomon bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, They were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? 
But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This isn't the sermon, but I could preach this all day. When Mary, they, when they approach the tomb, and they walk into the tomb expecting to see the person that they thought was their Savior, he wasn't there because he had risen. And I think so often in life, we're looking in dead places for salvation when we know that Jesus is risen. We're looking in dead things. We're looking in dead relationship. We're looking in affirmation and adoration from other people when we know that he is risen. He's not in the tomb anymore. We must stop looking in the tomb for salvation. We must stop looking in dead places for life when life is resurrected and he is the living water. And when we come to him, that's where life is. He ran to the roar of the cross because on the other side of the roar is always a resurrection. The roar is an open door for what God wants to do. And, and, and watch this. This is where I want to take this today. Jesus confronted the cross so that you could have life and life more abundantly. He did that for you. But we too must confront the cross. We too must confront the cross in life. Let me prove it to you. Matthew 16 verse 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. You and I must also confront the cross. Jesus gained victory over this place. Jesus won the battle here. This was the very battleground that Jesus said, I am declaring that my children are set free. But he says to us, if you want to be my disciples, if you want to follow me, you too must take up your cross. I remember when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I was, I was 20 years old and I was, at the, I was at the beach with some, some high schoolers at some camp we were doing there. And I said to myself and to the youth pastor there, I said, hey, listen, this is, this is my time to be baptized. I'd never, I'd never been baptized before. I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this next step. And they baptized me right there in the, in the, in the Gulf of Mexico. And I remember it was like a, it was like a Pocahontas. It was like Pocahontas, you know, like the colors of life. Isn't that the song? With the, and then the stingrays were going. It was like it was beautiful, you know. I just can't. That would have been cool, though, right? Stingrays like dancing like a Disney movie. But it, but for me internally, it was a spiritual moment that was taking place. And I was baptized in the water. And then they began to play youth games and tug of war and all these things. And I remember I began to walk down the beach and just pull away from everybody else hanging out because God was doing something internally for me and I walked a couple miles down the beach and there was Romar Beach Baptist Church, amen. 
And who, whoever, whoever got to go to Romar Beach Baptist Church got a beautiful view of the Gulf of Mexico as they were sitting in Sunday service. You have to look at a screen, or if you're watching online, you have to look at me. I apologize. And they, so right outside of Romar Beach Baptist Church, there was a cross just like this sitting in the sand. And I remember walking as I was walking just after my baptism. I look at this cross. I didn't know it was there at the time. Um, and, and I saw it, and something hit me, and I just kind of walked to it. I'm like, well, this, maybe I just, and there was a bench, and so I sat there, sat there for some good time and just reflecting on what God was doing in my life, and I heard God tell me. Uh, it, was, it was like one of these cheesy um, Christian pictures, right, that you see uh, memes online where, like, my footprints were in the sand, and nobody else's footprints were there. It was perfect. And, and God was telling me, listen, every step that you've taken along the way has led you to this moment right here as I sat in front of this cross. And I just had one of these, like, guy emotional moments where I didn't want anybody to see me crying, but here I am on the beach crying, you know. And I'm still a little, like, still a little, uh, you know, unsaved. or not, not unsaved, but just, like, I still got the world in me a little bit. And I'm thinking, I don't want any spring break girls to see me crying here on the beach, but here I am. And so I'm sitting there with this emotional moment having with with God and he's saying listen every step that you've taken and now you I've led you to this moment to the foot of the cross and I remember growing up being going to church I remember going trying to live my own life trying to live for satisfaction in every in a relationship here in a friendship here in some kind of affirmation here and I remember dealing with having to confront the cross so so much of my life was spent trying to keep me and Jesus at a distance so much of my life was me trying to trying to deal with the the cross and say you know what I don't want anything to do with that. I, I'm, I'm okay with going to church with my mom when she asked me on Mother's Day because I would feel bad if I didn't, but, if, but I don't want to deal with that because I know, how many of you have said this before, if I follow Jesus, if I, if I become a Christian, if I go to church, then I have to give up some stuff. I'm going to have to stop living that way because what am I going to... And, and I remember constantly having to confront the cross. And now I understand it because the cross is a place of sacrifice. The cross is a place of surrender. Now I understand what Jesus was trying to say. You have to pick up your cross and follow me. In other words, what he's saying is, is you have to surrender if you're going to follow me. You have to surrender what you're going through. You have to surrender. Surrender the control that you're trying to have upon your own plans and your own life if you're going to follow me. And listen, I didn't come to preach an easy, uh, easy Easter message today that's okay, the grace of God, the grace is, of God is there to get you to the cross and through the cross. Because as believers, this isn't just the easy button when I give my life to Jesus. This isn't all my problems are going to go away. This just means I have have somebody to walk through it with. I serve the king of kings. I now walk with authority. I had to confront the cross, and we have to confront the cross. It can be intimidating because it's surely not a symbol of comfort that we Christians love to wear on our necks or hang in our guest bathrooms. You know what I'm talking about? It's not, it's, 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 it never was a symbol of comfort. But now it's become the symbol of Christianity, but really it's a symbol of sacrifice. Really it's a symbol of surrender. 
because of what we have to leave behind. Also because of the challenge that's ahead. We have to run to the roar of the cross. If we will, listen to me, if we will meet Jesus here where he died, where he surrendered, where he said, not my will, but your will. If you will come to this place, you will experience life and life more abundantly. If you would meet Jesus at the cross, you would experience an adventure, a a life that no one else can experience because he's got a unique plan for you when you pick up the cross. Salvation begins with surrender. The call to take up your cross is a call coming from heaven to say surrender. And so often it's hard to surrender because we view surrender as weakness, but in reality it takes everything in you, the strength from heaven to surrender to him. Because we don't like to be weak in our culture. We don't like to be passive. We don't want to be seen as weak. And, but yet, surrender is one of the strongest things that you can do. I remember moments when I was, when God was really dealing with me. I was at a young adults conference and everybody was lifting their hands in worship. And I was, I came from a background where you didn't even clap your hands in church. And then I'm sitting there, I don't want to lift my hands. And I just felt God saying, Daniel, surrender. And I almost felt like a weight pulling me to my knees. And it was this crazy moment where with everybody around me, I hit my knees and nothing but tears could flow. Because I, it was this, this moment where I had to say, I'm letting go of my pride. I'm letting go of what's in me. I'm letting go of what I'm holding on to and surrendering. Salvation begins with surrender. You have to surrender your self-ambition here. This is why I got my, this is why I got my luggage. That have been through many airports and many traveling experiences that will enter into many sermon illustrations in the future. Because oftentimes what we're doing is we're carrying around our selfish ambition. Because you got a really good plan for your life. Like you've pictured it, right? We're carrying around our anger and our bitterness because you don't want to forgive that person who hurt you because what they did was extremely wrong. And we're carrying it around. And we become weighed down by the burdens of what we're carrying. And even when we've given our life to Jesus, and we've had that moment where we've picked up our cross, we come back and say, yeah, yeah, but, oh, Betty, she's a, nobody named Betty in here? She really, she really did me wrong. She kept talking behind my, she, I, I thought she was my friend, oh Betty. And we carry around the unforgiveness and the bitterness through life and it weighs us down. When all along, God is asking us to surrender it, but it's so hard to let it go. But if I forgive them, they're going to hurt me again. If I forgive them, somebody else is going to hurt me like that again. If I, if I give up my plans, I'm just going to end up as a missionary living in a tent somewhere because surely that's what God wants me to do, right? To be miserable my whole life. 
So I, I got to keep a little bit of my plans. We don't want to let it all go. But what God is asking us to do is to pick up our cross. This is a great cross that you built, Simi. You would have made a good Roman soldier. Terrible joke. Because what, what Jesus says is, listen, if you would just take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. But I believe his heart breaks every time we put down the cross and we try to even carry the cross and our junk. We're saying, oh man, oh man, I got I got I got some plans for my life. I got some plans. I've been watching the MTV Cribs and I know exactly what kind of kitchen I want. Woo! I've been looking on Instagram, and that, and that person I follow, I've saved all their pictures because that is the living room I want. That is the lifestyle I want. That is the husband I want. Hey, you know, that's the girl I want. I've been trying to DM them all day, and we've been trying to pick up our cross and carry our baggage through life. But Jesus is saying, come on, take up my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Pick up your cross. This is a place where you surrender what, what, what you were meant to lay down, the very things, the very bitterness, the very things that Jesus died for on the cross, the anger, the anxiety and the fear, the very things that he went to the cross for we love to pick up. Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Guys, I know this isn't a shout at Daniel moment. This isn't a shout at Daniel message because it's hard. It was hard for me to preach. I was just carrying the weight. I, I, I might have even made up the kidney stone so I didn't have to preach this message because, you know, if I preach the message, I got to deal with it. And, 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 and God is saying you got to crucify your flesh because your flesh is what's carrying, is holding you down. The, 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 the insecurities, the lust, the desire, the, the, the hopelessness that you've been carrying. And what God says is, when you take my yoke, listen, he's not saying don't desire, don't have passion anymore. Quite the opposite. He's saying, I want you to take my passion because my passion surpasses any other passion. You take my plans because my plan surpasses any other plans. You take up my adventure. You want my life? You listen, the Bible says lay down your life and you'll have your life. When you give your life, you will have it because you, want, you don't want your life. You want Jesus' life. But you can't take up his life until you take up the cross. Listen, what you crucify, you will conquer. Somebody's dealing with something that you've been dealing with for so long. And you've been trying to carry it along with the cross. But Jesus is saying, listen, crucify it. Listen, what you're doing is, is you're taking the thing that was defeated to the very battleground it was defeated on. You're saying, hey, look, depression Look, you remember this place? This is where you died. Hey, look, anger. Remember this battlefield? This is where you died. Hey, look, lust. You remember this place? This is where Jesus crucified you. Do you remember the cross? We have to take the very things that Jesus died for back to the battlefield. And you do it by picking up your cross. What you crucify, you'll conquer. 
You've been trying to conquer something in your own strength. But God is calling you to crucify it. You can't conquer it. He already did. I know there's some stuff in my own life that I've been trying to conquer that God is saying, bring it to the cross. Because when you bring it there, when you bring it to my feet, when you let go of it and give it to me, I've already dealt with it. The cross is an opportunity, not an obstacle. So often we look on the outside and think think Christianity and our relationship with God and Man, if I, if I just go all in, right, if I, if I start, if I go all in, I, I'm cool with going to church, I'm cool, but what if I go all in, it, it's an obstacle, it's a, I don't know how I'm going to get rid of that. I, I've lived with, I've lived with that, that anger for so long. I've lived with that bitterness for so long. I, I'm tired of taking it out on everybody around me, but I've, but I've lived with it so long, I'm so comfortable. You know, anybody can identify that sometimes your bitterness can become ergonomically correct, you know, and it feels comfortable, feels good, feels good wearing it, but yet it weighs us down. The cross is an opportunity for you to be free for you to take up the life of Jesus and be free in the moment that he set you free. You see, I went through life. Let me see if I can. I did that pretty good too, Cindy. I'd have been a good Roman too. In fact, I was because, because it was my sin that took him to the cross. It was my sin that he had to crucify. We were all kind of like Roman soldiers, weren't we? It was my sickness and disease that he died for, 39 lashes on his back. I remember when... I came to the point of surrender where I had to really let go of everything. I I thought I had a relationship that was the one. I thought I had a a job. This is going to take me somewhere. This is going to do something in my life. I had everything that I was striving for and wanted. It was making me happy. It validated myself. And then in one instant, it was all gone. And there was this moment where I had to kneel. I, I kneeled down in my bedroom as a single guy, when it felt like everything that I was living for, we've all been in those moments in life, some at different magnitudes, but for me, life ended. And I said, God, I, I don't know what to do. And I, and I heard God speak so clearly to my heart, Daniel, you've put all these things, you've put all these things before me. And now you've backed yourself into a corner because when these things are gone, when these things fail you, you won't have anything left. And with open arms, I just felt the embrace of God to say, hey, I'm here. And it was in that moment that I surrendered. Now, can I be honest with you today? Can the pastor be honest? There's still moments and still things I'm holding on to. 
that I have to bring to the cross. There's, there's still days where I, I feel like I, I'm in control of my life and I have to bring them to the cross. And maybe you're watching online or maybe you're in the room today and maybe there's some of those things that you need to bring to the cross where we need to run to the roar of the cross. Maybe today would be the very first time that you would say, I'm Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. And maybe before the perspective was, cool, I got a ticket to heaven now. If I just pray that prayer, let me make sure I say it right. But what he's calling me to do is come to a place of surrender. Maybe today for somebody it's the very first time you would come to this place to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. This is the greatest decision. Like when I was in that bedroom kneeling on my mattress that didn't have box springs and it was probably super old because I was a bachelor and didn't care about those things. Kneeling right there in this, in this room and I surrendered everything. It's the greatest moment and the greatest decision I've ever made. Maybe somebody today will make that very same decision. Can you stand to your feet with me? Before we take communion, I'm just going to give you an opportunity maybe to respond to the message. We'll take communion and then we'll have some great fellowship outside. If you want to hang out and have some cakes and coffees. But, but maybe today, can you just rise with me? Everybody, join with us. If you're in here today and you want to make a decision, maybe you haven't made the de- maybe you've made the decision and you need to come back to this place of surrender. Maybe this is a decision for the very first time with all eyes closed. Maybe you've come from many churches. Listen, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you up front. Just as an act of faith with all eyes closed and nobody else looking around to say, I'm making that decision today. Can you just lift a hand in the air and say, that's me? I'm making a decision today to come to the cross, to come to surrender. I'm coming to that place, crucifying what was gone. I'm coming to the cross. Father, today we just thank you for the cross, that you endured the cross. But today we celebrate that three days later you resurrected. You rose from the dead. We are grateful today that you raised our life with yours. For everybody who just raised their hand in the room, can you just pray this prayer with me today? Lord, I surrender my life for your life. Not my will, but your will. I give my life to you. And today will be a new day. I am a new creator in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, let's pull out our communion if you haven't figured this out yet. If you're watching online, you're welcome to go to your pantry and refrigerator and grab whatever you do have. I should have mentioned that ahead of time. Now there's people scrambling probably. Take communion with us. There's a little, there's a little seal at the top to get your wafer out. Thank God for wafers. Amen. And then the next one pulls off the juice. 
Jesus meets the disciples and says to him, listen, this is my body broken for you. He was talking about the cross, this bread as he broke it in the disciples. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. Can I tell you that there's not, there, there, there's, there's not power in this wafer and in this juice. There's power in the faith that you attach to it when you take it. It says, take this in remembrance of me. Take this in remembrance of me. My body, my blood that was shed for your healing, for your deliverance, for the, for the forgiveness of sins. My body, 39 lashes that were whipped and beaten. And, and even today, scientists have said that there's 39 categories of disease when Jesus was whipped 39 times. Come on, you can't make that stuff up. He was lashed for every time that you had a sickness and an ailment. I'm grateful for a God who is alive today because he resurrected and he heals and he mends broken hearts today. God, today we take this bread, we take this juice, and we remember you, how faithful you are, what you did on the cross, that you resurrected our life from the dead. And we take it in faith that you're going to do something new and fresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the bread and the juice. Come on, church. Can we give God a shout of praise for what he's doing? Jesus, we honor you. We worship you, and we're excited for what you're going to do. Today, build faith in the room. Encourage those who are watching online. Do what only you can do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.